The Off the Huzzle podcast recording live from Regina, Saskatchewan, presented by Rolo Golf. Now, here are your hosts, Drew Koser, Troy Koser, Turner Ripplinger, Tori Coughlin. Reminder, Off the Huzzle podcast is found on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and even YouTube. Now sit back and enjoy the podcast. Alrighty, we're back. Episode 136, presented by Rolo Golf. I'm wearing the Canadian and black uh, quarter zip today. Turner's got his army or navy or camo. Called White Grandpa. White Grandpa. And Troy's wearing the all tequila outfit. Tori, I'm not sure what he's wearing yet, but your stuff is being sent out as we speak. Uh, all the boys are here. Only two of us are on for the show with our guest. That's okay. Troy joined a little late. He has some house stuff going on. Uh, what's up, boys? How are we? Sad. And, yeah, get it out of the way, Troy. Sad. I am Sad. too, a little bit. I, I really wanted to see a Canadian team win. It's been almost well, longer than I'm al- I've been alive. Going on 30 years next year. I hope oh. someone can do it. Uh, Troy, you were just talking off the record with Rip about, you know, did McDavid have a good or bad playoffs? Man, he's so good that depth players need to be depth players. And that's what Vegas did. Seattle's doing that. Carolina's doing that. Toronto, their depth players were good. Their best players weren't. McDavid and Dreisaitl were unbelievable this series, but the other guys just weren't. And that's just the reality of it. Well, and like Turner said off the air too, it's the expectations as an Oiler fan you have for McDavid that he doesn't score a game it's like oh he's not playing that hard you know right but down to your depth i mean and let's face it goaltending killed us that series i i'm the first to admit and defense uh skinner let five goals in two games out of the, the six he led another what four in last night for the yankton or was it three i can't remember four yeah four right i mean so when, when does it come down to coaching hockey, sorry, sorry drew but playoff hockey it's you know this as a coach, Turner. You know this as a player, Tori. You know this as a fan. In playoff hockey, you cannot give up four or five goals a night and expect to win, even with two of the best players in the world on the team. Right. right. So it my could question happen. To... What's our going, Tori? I said it could happen. Hashtag Angels in the outfield. It could happen, but no, it's it's certainly not ideal. We lost you, buddy. You're cutting out to the interstate of Alabama. Uh, well, he figures that out. Um, when does it come a coaching or roster management move? Because if you have... Well, Tori out. If you have uh, a guy that has been pulled almost every game in that series, when do you not go to Campbell and say, hey, you're in? Your your five and a half million dollar backup. Like, he should have started yesterday, in my opinion. Yeah, oh. I mean, there has there has to be a change at some point. I think. Stu Stinner is a great goalie, but if I have yeah. a four and a five million dollar goal on the on the bench right now, and I've pulled Stewart a handful of times, I'm probably going back to the other guy for one of the games. Give him a chance. Maybe yeah. do it early. I don't know, but 
to just throw him in there every game the last period. And I thought Supes did his job yesterday. Going in cold, going in, it's a really strong Vegas team, and they didn't get it done. They had chances to score. There was a few chances late in the third period that Hill just made unbelievable saves. They lost to a goaltender last night. Oh, absolutely they did. So, it sucks. It's too bad. Uh, our guest today, we talked with him a lot about hockey, mainly all the Canadian teams. Darren Drager jumped back on, and he just mentioned a lot about, you know, the Leafs need to figure some things out. The Oilers, it's probably, this is their time right now to get it done. They need, well, their goal is just staying, right, Rips? That's what he said. They're on contract. They're tied up in you no know, cap. The one name he did mention was Darnell Nurse. He has to be better as a guy that makes $10 million a year or whatever the hell he makes. So, I don't know. what uh, as, a, as a fan, what would you like to see happen in the offseason? Well, ideally, I would love to see them move Campbell's contract to another team, but that's not going to happen. It's just $5.5 million that we're pissing away, right? right. Nurse, same, nurse, same thing. You're making $10 million a year. You better be a number one, two, right? You can't be, in my opinion, a four or five defenseman. Right. Yeah. It's and I mean depth scoring too. That's that's huge. I mean they're bottom six. I I think there's two guys that you know earn their role day in, day out, and it's uh Derek Ryan or right, Derek Ryan. Yeah. And that was Talon Turner, Clem Costum. But your McLeods, your Yanmark, uh who else? Uh just no shows, not doing nothing, not helping the team out. Yeah, and that's where you go back to like the Vegas and the Seattle and the Carolinas. Their depth guys are just doing their job. And, you know, they work as hard as exactly what exactly what Darren said. They work as hard as their first line, not as skilled, obviously, but they don't get scored on. They do their job. They do it to a T. They get off and make space for the for the for the big guys. So well, I don't I don't know if it was uh, Tory or Turner that said it last week, but Seattle, look at them. They got four second lines. Yep. That makes sense. Turner, what did BX say yesterday? You mentioned on the podcast with Dregs. So he said last night, he said, like, you got to look at what direction you want your team to go. Do you want to be really good in the regular mm-hmm. season, right? Like, do you want to, so you want to pay those high end guys that are going to score those 50, 60 goals, or do you want to make a run? Do you want to make it to the third, fourth round of the playoffs? So he said, like, to me, I'm talking as BX. He said to me, Johnny Gord's a $10 million guy because he can, he's a guy that you want and yeah. that will perform later. Like, we'll get you to those later mm-hmm. round playoffs. Yeah. So, am I back kind of, on you? Yeah, you're on, buddy. What do you got can, for us? Oh, here we go. We can hear you. Hey, do boys. You have, <laughs> do, do you want to say something, Tori? Or, well, well, uh, related to that, like the Yanni Gord, uh, I remember, um, you know, one of the million times the Leafs lost in the first series, um, <laughs> like a guy like Boone Jenner. After that series, I was like, fuck, if we get him just like an absolute animal in the playoffs. Yep. And then, and then of course, I say every episode, either Chuck brother, I'll take either mm-hmm. one of them. I'll kiss him right on the lips. That's fine. Yeah, like those are the guys that those are the guys that win you series, though. Yeah, I I think and 
You know, you need those guys that are, you need to have goal scorers. You need to have great goaltending, solid defense. But I think one of the biggest things besides having good goalies is having great depth that produces. You need some meat potato guys that up and down the walls, in, you know, I don't know, rip, like rip, you play still currently at a pro level. Like you need those guys to succeed, I think. Yeah, absolutely. So, and, and in any sport, you need a little bit of luck too. For sure. Yeah. And I like did, did Aiden Hill, I'm not to say he was lucky last night because he stopped 50 saves yesterday or 40 some saves. Like he was, he was great yesterday, but I don't know. Vegas is gross. Um, they're deep through and through and they're coached really well. So it's, uh, it's tough for when you have two really, really, really good hockey players that have to play 29 minutes a night and try and get it done by yourself sometimes. I, I will say as an Oilers fan though, looking at next year, the one thing that I'm really excited about is 82 games of back home. That oh, guy yeah. is insane. He is so good. He, 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 was guy. A, he was a difference difference for that team going down the stretch. Well, and that's one thing Dreg's talked about too, and then we won't give away too much, but he talked about Ekholm or Chikrin. They wanted Chikrin, but Ekholm just fit, he fit their needs. Exactly what Turner was just saying and reiterated what Bieksa said. What do you, what do you kind of want and what do you need? More or less yeah. what he did in that. So Chikrin was out for how long? He's hurt last month or whatever, right? Well, they're just, they're sitting him based on a trade or whatever, but yeah, he's a good hockey player, but no, no, he got hurt when he went to Ottawa. He's he was out the last. Oh, I don't know, injured for, but okay, they held him out for yeah forever. So anyway, Ekholm, Ekholm, wicked. Yeah, like he's a good player. It's, it's also wicked, last... wicked penalty last night too. That kind of... I was no, but I watched this penalty. I'm like, okay, that's a penalty, but that's like that's a guy. I think he hit Howden. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, that's a guy who's just so much stronger than another guy. Or like he that's a penalty, he cross checked him, but like he how it went flying into the glass. If they ever make another episode season of Vikings, he should be on it. Man, he looks long. Yeah. I'm with you, Troy. I love that. <laughs> did you um, felt off this weekend? Yeah, I did. I played I well, I played Thursday and Saturday. And that was it. You guys no, I didn't watch any of it. Oh, watching? No, it was golfing. No, Byron Nelson classic there. Jason Day, first W in five years. Man, Rocket. Hey, fired, turn another radio down. 62 he fired yesterday, so not bad. Really? Yeah. He beat that two Kim by one stroke. Scheffler didn't have a very good third round, which kind of cost him, but because he was only one back yesterday, but his third round actually, because he shot 65 yesterday. Uh, 71 on Saturday, I guess it would have been, but yeah, good for Jason Day. They've been saying, I don't, I've been reading lots on like the PGA website and the Facebook pages and whatnot. Uh, it's funny how they kind of predicted Jason Day to win a tournament this year. They said his stroke is like back in form for like when he was in his prime, I guess. Right. So that was good. And then PGA Championships this coming weekend, correct? Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Uh, Dustin Johnson dude. won the live. Yeah. Who did DJ? Yeah. So he added how much more money to his already AirPods. Uh, local golf news: two weeks away, the City Am at Royal Regina and Wascana Country Club, always a great event put on by 
the Regina Dental Group. No free ads. You're welcome, Randy. Uh, should be a great event. And then the following, I believe that's June 3rd, 4th, the great uh, Scotia Wealth up in Nipawin. What a treat that is. And Troy, you're you're like pretty soon for your first golf tournament, hey? About a month. 24th, 25th of June, yep. South Publix. Have you put an Are you grinding or what? Yeah, how many balls have you hit? None today. Uh, I'm averaging about 100, 150 a day. Holy shit. The so, freak. <laughs> well, no, I just, I mean, I'm not getting much better, but I got to practice, right? So, you look like Jill's going to be loving those calluses you're getting. <laughs> not really. Not really. You're like Tiger when they do like those tailor-made uh, videos and stuff, and Tiger's just leaking. Yeah, you just got like more. You just got like Morikawa just like flipping wedges a hundred yards, and then Tiger's just leaking. Still got to work on sixty-degree wedge though. It's driving me nuts. I'm ready to what, throw it. What up. outfit are you gonna wear uh, for day one and two? Have you picked? I up? honestly think this one right here, what I'm wearing today, and then I might do the uh, baby blue and bananas for day two. Solid so. choice. Like it. Someone's got to finish last, but someone's who's got to the Brit? Who's the Brit that always dressed outrageous with the pants? Uh, like Dory, you know what I'm talking about. Dead or alive? It's alive. He's at the oh, lead now. Yeah, you're talking about... Uh, Ian Poulter? Yeah, Poulter. there we go. Poulter, yeah. So I bye. thought you were talking about old Fitzy that was on last episode. He goes, he wears that loudmouth, uh, those pants, like John Daly. Oh, yeah. With all the goofy shit and designs. He loves them. Uh, what else we got here? Um, we got. I know Tori's got. Oh yeah. Okay. So like, let's just do this. Grind my gears here. Uh, Tori's got a good one. He said, uh, "Take oh. it away, Tori." Hang on. Oh yeah. Here it is. When you're somewhat in a rush, and you've got just an absolute banger playing on your like car, you got it cranked up, just loving life. And you park and you have no time to finish the song. So you, you got to cut it off. Like on a service like Pandora or something like that. And you can't replay it. It's just like, fuck. I just want to <laughs> jam out for two more You know what's the minutes. worst though? To follow that up though. Is I, and then you like add the song to your phone for later. And then it doesn't hit the same. It does not feel the same at all. At all. And no. or you forget it. Songs yeah. coming from your phone. Don't hit as yeah. hard as songs that you hear on the radio. Valid. I was playing Singo on Saturday night. What a time that is. Singo at uh, the Tap Brew House. What a time. Singo oh. de Mayo. Oh, thanks, Cars, by the way, for all the Corona beers. Appreciate it. That was a deal. Hey, Tori. Yes, sir. That's not the one that you wanted to discuss, though, you told me. What's the one I wanted? To... Well, eyebrow. refresh my memory. My mind is in a blender right now. The eyebrow. Oh, yeah. Fuck. When you reach the age of 30 and you get every morning you wake up and yada, yada, do your little, you know, take a piss. Let's just say it. And you look in the mirror and you've got like uh, an eyebrow just like going straight horizontal. And it's always like an like not an inch long, but it's just a absolute beam pointing at the mirror on you. Fuck, they're hard to pull out too. These guys don't stand that for a few more years, Tor. Nah, they'll it'll it'll start hitting soon. Well, the, posit the positive Troy has is he has to just worry about one. So that's correct. It's, uh... well, that's that's what Troy told me. <laughs> that's not real. 
Uh, okay, anything else here before we uh, send it over to Darren Dreger? I got one that just grinds my gears. Yeah. He asked me last episode, and I said, no, everything's good, life's good. And then Jill called me out on it and said, you're a liar. And I said, well, what do you mean you're a liar? She goes, I know something that grinds your gears every damn day. And I said, well, what's that? And she's right. When people don't close cabinet doors or your utensil drawer and leave them half open, drives me nuts. You said that last week, you clown. No, I didn't. No. That is a good one, though. That sounds like a household problem, though. Well, so the nice thing <laughs> of the drawers that we're getting done with, we're getting all those easy, soft, closed drawers and stuff. They're all so eye touch. You just touch. It wouldn't be, be a problem anymore. So, you know, am I, I in space? I swear you said that last week, or maybe you told me when we were talking on the phone. That might have been it. But our new game we're gonna play. Uh, no, 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 no. I'm talking about your grandma gears. I think you might have told me on the phone because I heard that exact speech from you. Yeah, I about, get it. and you're getting the soft clothes. You want to hear my? want to hear my grinder here? Yeah, yeah, coach. It's it's self-inflicted. When I like take a belt off and put it like on the ground, or like excess plugs laying around the house, and I step on them at like four in the morning. That was the worst pain in the world. Stepping on a plug or a belt. Oh, what's a plug? Like a phone charging plug. Drug dealer. Why? Why is it laying on the floor? No, if I have like a my watch charger or like. Uh, my my headphone charger on the ground. I'll just step on it by accident, and then it's just an automatic pain for an hour. Or you don't like, have a flat surface to put them on. Yeah, the floor like above waist height. No. Or okay. drill, or drilling your absolute shin bone right into the side of the bed. That is. Painful. That's a tough one. Oh. You uh, you hold off here for a few more years, and you get kids, and they start growing up. Ask Tori what's worse than a stepping on a phone charger, because I know he's got the exact same answers I do. Probably a it's, it's Lego or cars. Lego, exactly. <laughs> Son of a bitch, they hurt. Rip, you got anything here? I don't know. Nothing off the top of my mind. I, th- I think maybe Canadian team, Canadian NHL teams right now. Those are my grind, my gears. How about this one? Oh, shit. How about this one? When you go to order something at, at like our fast food restaurant, and you're like, hey, I'll get X, Y, and Z. And they go, okay, anything else? Or like you're middle of an order. Hey, I'll get a large fry. Okay, anything else? It's like, I'm thinking. And then when you finish your full order, like anything else? And then. Yeah. And, and then. then. And then. I've got enough things. Thank you. I'll see you <laughs> at the window. <laughs> and then. But Troy, you're right about the, the open doors thing. Like my kids are so fucking bad with that. Like whether it's an actual door, like to go outside, they'll just like open it and just walk through. I'm like, are you, are you going to close it? Or like, what are we doing here? And then the fridge especially goose she'll fucking she'll open that thing and get her out a little these little milkshake bullshit things that she drinks and then just walk away i'm like hey (laughs) and then what do you you respond to them because i know our parents did it to us Uh, we're not trying to cool down the whole house i I don't say that i just go (laughs) are we are we just not closing doors she goes oh sorry ours is where you're born in a barn so oh okay well, you guys kind of were. <laughs> I mean, what's the, or that old saying that parents always say? Don't roll your eyes, they'll roll the back of your head. And then you're rolling your eyes at this. Or don't shake your head. I do it all the time. Uh, okay. Ep- you're on track. Episode 136, Darren Drager. Uh, anything else, fellas? We're going right to it. 
Send it to Drags. All right. Here's uh, Drags from the Rain Drags podcast from TSN, an absolute beauty, a sasky beauty, a golfer, and all the insight on NHL playoffs, Darren Drager. We hope you enjoy it. This interview is brought to you by Last Mountain Distillery. The coolers of the summer are here. Local vodkas, mango seltzer, raspberry mojito, and grapefruit gin fizz are now available. If you were at Country Thunder last year, you will be familiar with these tasty drinks. These light and low-calorie drinks made by Last Mountain Distillery are fruity, refreshing, and delicious. To make things even better, local vodka and Last Mountain Distillery donate 10% of proceeds through the local supports local campaign to a different local charity every month. When you drink local vodka, not only are you supporting a local company, you're supporting a local charity in your community. Get out and get yourself some local coolers today. Hey, we're pleased to welcome back on the podcast, second time around, our good sassy buddy, Darren Drager. Thanks for jumping on the podcast today, man. How are things? Yeah, you know what? Uh, a little bit different, right? With the Oilers now out, the Toronto Maple Leafs out. So uh, our approach is similar, but not as invested as it otherwise would be. So a little disappointing, I would say, you know, from a Canadian perspective that uh, there's no one left at this stage. What is the stat? 29 years. I was I was disappointed last night when they lost and then the Leafs lost. And I was like, is it ever going to break the the streak or the, or the slump <laughs> of a Canadian team winning a cup? But yeah, I mean, it's it's an, it's a weird Stanley Cup playoffs, I would say. I mean, now we yeah. all want to talk to you about that and your thoughts on it, but it seems wide open. It, it definitely is. Uh, look, I mean, anytime you look at 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 series by series, you have to expect the unexpected. I look at the Vegas Edmonton series, and that that for me was a pick'em series. I gave the Oilers the edge, but I think I had them in seven. So you know you're splitting hairs when you get to that game seven, and it's also being disrespectful to everything that the Vegas Golden Knights have have accomplished, not just this year, but in their recent history, to say that you know they were an underdog going in. I mean, well built team, they got healthy at the right time. And for anyone who watched last night's game, you know, Aiden Hill just, you know, stood on his lid. So that's, that kind of can be the the defining turning points of, of any Stanley cup series. And then if you flip over to uh, the East and the fact that Florida Panthers dispatched the Toronto Maple Leafs, hugely disappointing in Toronto. Of course it is. Uh, the big boys did not deliver Austin Matthews with zero goals. John Devaris with zero goals. They just they, they they couldn't get away from the smothering approach of the Florida Panthers, how hard they forecheck, all of those things. But then again, <clears throat> excuse me. You're good. Um, you know, when when you look at how Florida plays, there's nothing surprising about that. And it's not like Florida limped into the second round. I mean, no, they beat a record-setting Boston Bruins team in in game seven. So there was an emotional ride that the Florida Panthers are still on that the Toronto Maple Leafs couldn't match. And maybe that's the the same thing for the Edmonton Oilers. So with the Oilers and the Leafs, and we'll, we'll stay on the Oilers topic first. I actually had some questions about, you know, they asked yesterday, Leon Dreisaitl said it was a failure or, you know, whatever yeah. it was. Do you make changes to that team? I mean, you have the best player in the world scoring 160 plus points. He was unbelievable. Yeah. That was pretty solid. Dreisaitl was great. Goaltending, I think you need you need goaltending to win, and yeah. not put it all on Stewart's dinner. But 
they also had a four million four million dollar guy in Jack Campbell on the bench. Most yeah. of the series. like what would yeah. you do looking at that team going into the summer? Well, I mean, if you want to start with goaltending, I don't know that there's much they can do. You know, you you know, you're committed to both those guys. Both those guys are under contract and have term on their contract. I look at Stu Skinner and I see him as the goalie of the future, and he was thrust into the future now. Uh, 24 years of age, I mean, that's a lot to carry. And I thought he handled himself with great poise uh, last night post-game. You know, the first goal that they score, Vegas that is, uh, it's a misread by Stu Skinner. You know, Ekholm, he's not trying to throw it in front of his net, but it ends up in front of his net. And the next thing you know, seconds in, there it is behind Skinner. And and I think that, in fairness, that probably rattled Skinner. So I was saying, um, you know, when... When you look at goaltending in Edmonton, it's really difficult to look beyond what they already have. I mean, you need Jack Campbell to be better. That's obvious. Right. In Stu Skinner, he's the goalie of the future, but the future was now. It was now through, you know, a good part of the regular season and, and clearly in the first two rounds of the playoffs. And I feel like maybe he got a little bit overwhelmed, even though he's a calming type of goaltender who plays with great poise. You know, you look at his birth certificate and, relatively inexperienced and 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 maybe he just got caught up in the moment a little bit uh you know the first goal was a misread uh Ekholm doesn't play it well it, it ends up in the front of the Oilers net and then in the net and maybe that rattled Stu Skinner a little bit Jack Campbell comes in for the third I mean he looked pretty solid in that third period so if you want a second guess I guess you could question the coach and say all right well if you had any inclination that Stu Skinner was starting to feel a tad overwhelmed if that's even real then why didn't you go with a veteran jack campbell so there's always going to be second guessing but th both those guys are under contract and you know automatically in a salary cap world um there's just natural change that that hits every club because of free agency right, right. but when i look at at the team and those players under term and contract i it it, it maybe just feels like they've got to live with the disappointment I looked and listened to Leon Dreisaitl post-game. Man, he felt it. He was wearing that disappointment. He was emotional. Maybe you need more of that from a larger group. Um, and then just to wrap my thoughts on, on the Oilers there, you know, Connor McDavid plays five minutes, 21 seconds in the first period. It's clear that Woodcroft is is trying to match, right? He's, right. he's, he's trying to take advantage of home ice. And Bruce Cassidy is leaning on four lines and utilizing his depth guys. And Edmonton just didn't do that. And then as you get into the second period, which was abysmal and into the third period, you're wondering if, you know, dry who was minus four and, and McDavid who was good. He's always good. You know, Evander Kane who struggled, Darnell nurse was dash three. I mean, those players might've gotten a point in game six where they too were just running on fumes. Yeah. Well said. Well, let's uh, I'll flip it to the Leafs because I just heard today Matthew said that he, you know, he wants to stay there and you know, it, they wants to finalize that contract or the extension for yeah. in the off season. Um, I don't know. I mean, like I was impressed they got through round one. They obviously did enough to do that to beat Tampa. Round two is probably a disappointment for most. I mean, one of the best goal scorers of, of our era now. Yeah, score zero. You know, Nylander just forgot about. He had forty goals this season. He was pretty good. I mean, like. Where are you with the Leafs? Like, do they have to make changes as well, or are they just going to keep it going here? No, they've got to make some changes. You know, it's it's just a question of how deep the knife is going to cut. 
um, you know, automatically, and, and Kyle Dubas is actually speaking this afternoon, um, you know, they've got to extend his contract or he's got to say, all right, this isn't the direction I want to go in. And, you know, then he, he looks at what available opportunities are in Pittsburgh and perhaps in Calgary. I, I believe that Dubas is more likely going to stay as general manager. I don't think you're going to see anything more dramatic, like a firing of Brendan Shanahan. I think that he still has full support of ownership. So now again, you're looking at the roster. Um, the way this team struggled in that second round. Yeah, I, I think it's fair to question the the core four, right? And that's Matthews, that's Minor, that's Nylander and Tavares. So the, the deals that need attention are Austin Matthews, uh, who can be extended as of July 1st. And likewise for William Nylander. Can't keep all of these guys because, hey, William Nylander had a very good year. And if I look at his postseason, you know, I mean, he wasn't as productive as he was hoping, expecting, or could have been, but it didn't come through lack of effort. On many nights, you know, he was Toronto's most dangerous forward. Right. Um, but, you know, free agency, when it arrives, is going to be costly. So even though the salary cap isn't going up much next year, it will jump the year after that. And that's where Matthews and, and Nylander's deals then officially kick in. But how many 10, 11 million dollar players can one team have? And so that's the issue. I mean, naturally, you 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 might have a significant change to the core if Toronto decides they can't afford William Nylander. They don't have the stomach to trade Mitch Marner. Well, what are you going to do? I mean, you, you're not going to move Austin Matthews. I, I, like, I don't think Chicago is picking up the phone and offering Connor Bedard. So where is Austin Matthews going? <laughs> you yeah. know, so unless... Unless Matthews gets to a place where he's like, I, I'm not negotiating. Um, here's my number. Here's my term. Let me know. Otherwise, we'll talk about this at the end of next season. Well, then you you put the screws to the Toronto Maple Leafs, and Leafs brass is going to have to make a determination at that point. But I, I I would categorize that as being unlikely as well. So now, again, you're looking at how many unrestricted free agents they have, eight, ten, something like that. So just naturally, there's going to be a significant turnover. Before Rip jumps in, because I'm just going to say one thing. I heard a comment yesterday about, you know, Dubas is all in with the, all the offense and a lot to defense. You know, on a small scale things, my junior team this year won. We had the two best goaltenders in the league. We had solid D. We had some studs up front, but we had depth. Mm -hmm. Very similar to Vegas. I just think the Leafs don't have enough good enough defensemen. Morton Riley's yeah. great, but then there's five more guys under him. Edmonton, they have one guy, maybe two. Mm. That's it. So I don't know if they have to find some really solid D, but that's my thoughts on it. Yeah, no, I hear you, man. And I look, um, I I guess I'd push back a little bit at Edmonton when I look at the year that Evan Bouchard had. Um, yeah. You know, it, it, it wasn't that long ago, I would say a year ago, where people were wondering whether or not he was going to be included in a trade to right. acquire a better defenseman, right? Um, Matthias Ekholm just opened the door wide open for Evan Bouchard to, to be the player that, that he now is. Uh, five is going to circle a name on that sheet that needs to be better is nurse. I mean, based on the contract, right. Um, problematic yeah. because the Oilers, as we know, are, are very much a, a cap team and, and the Leafs likewise, um, you know, they got big time mileage out of Luke Chen. Uh, I mean, yeah. I, uh, among more shocking developments, that one is right up there because Luke was noted coming into the Maple Leafs from the Vancouver Canucks as not being an every game player, you know, just right. at, at the point of his career. 
Um, but he proved all those who, who said that to be flat out wrong. And how do you do that? Well, he played a simple game. Yeah. You know, he was quick north-south. He didn't mess around with the puck. He didn't skate it back deep into his own zone, any of those things. So their defense, even though it requires attention, was was better because of the ads that uh, Kyle Dubas brought in. Right. Rip, you have anything to add? Yeah, I think they we're talking about all these big dogs. I think the the teams that are still in it, they have all that depth right now. Like they're they're not investing all their money into four guys. They're investing into yeah. ten all guys right now. Like Seattle, I mean, they're surprising guys, but they have a lot of really good players on that yeah. roster. And I don't know who said this last night, but like there's guys you invest in, like what's your goal? Like, do you want to win the regular season? I think was it yeah. BX? It was Kevin Bieksa, and I, yeah. I I referenced that this morning, Rip, because it was it, it it made so much sense what he was saying. But when you've got a player of that level of experience, right, um, you have to listen to it because he's been through it. Yeah. And he mentioned Yanni Gord as being an example of a player who, okay, right. Yanni Gord, you know, I would pay, I'm quoting BX, he's like $10 million. Well, he's literally not willing to pay Yanni Gord $10 million, but based on the value and the ingredient that Yanni Gord provides to a true Stanley Cup contender, he's worth that type of value. But you've got to make that determination as a team. Identify the pieces that you think are legitimately going to help you win a Stanley Cup. Not to be the most sexy as unrestricted free agents or the most coveted when it comes time for trade deadline and you're adding all these pieces and, oh, well, we'll fit them in later. Let's just bring them in and, and hope that it works. So I I like that. I, I think that there's something to be said about that. But I kind of feel like Edmonton did that. Like there were other defensemen that Kenny Holland could have scooped up a hundred percent could have, as we know, I mean, he was in on Jacob checker and pretty much until the end, but you know what fellas, he didn't like Jake checker as much as he liked Matias Ekholm. So he kept his powder dry until David Poyle and Nashville predator said, okay, well let's make this deal. And the deal happened. Matias Ekholm, you know, was just such a perfect fit for the situation for the Edmonton Oilers. So I think that, that that needs to be a focus of the Maple Leafs. You know, identify the players that are not only going to insulate the top guys that you have, but give you meaningful minutes in your bottom six and on defense and help you be a true cup contender. Yeah, well said. Uh, Dregs, I want to ask about the other Canadian teams that aren't obviously in the playoffs anymore or didn't make it, you know, Winnipeg, Ottawa, Montreal, uh, Vancouver. Where, obviously, with your expertise, where do you see the growth in those teams? Are there some struggles still with some of those teams? Where are they at in the offseason and and come toward the draft? Well, if you want to start with Winnipeg, I think anything there is possible. I really do. Um, There's been a lot of speculation around the Winnipeg Jets. You know, you're talking about big name stuff, right? Yeah. You're talking about uh, Mark Shifley. Could he be traded in the offseason? Yeah, of course he could. You know, as early as the draft, maybe it's possible, depending on what they offer, the interest is coming back, all of that. What do you do with Pierre-Luc Dubois? Um, you know, you've got him under contract. He's Well, you don't. You've, you've got his rights as a restricted free agent. So you know, hope that there's an appetite to extend. If there isn't, well, then you go on that super short deal again and you push it further down the line, okay? You find out, okay, you know, maybe 
we're in a better place than we thought. Use them as an own rental potentially next year. Or if you're not in as good a spot as you were hoping, then you trade him at the trade deadline. And then the biggest piece of all, of course, is the goalie, Connor Hellebuck. And he's not going to be the last guy standing in Winnipeg. And I think he's made that abundantly clear. He wants to win. So it feels like we're a ways away from having all of those answers. But I do think that Kevin Shoveldayoff is, is going to be very, very active. Um, Vancouver, you know, they, there's a strong appetite there to, to add so that they can officially get into the playoff conversation. Bit of a stretch, but um, with the coaching staff now in check, uh, they feel strongly that they, they just they need a couple of pieces. I mean, Elias Patterson had a tremendous year, so he's now back in form. Um, you know, there's always speculation around JT Miller. I think if Rick Tockett has his way, JT Miller isn't going anyway. They anywhere. They they need players that are going to compete. And right. JT Miller definitely does that. He may rub guys the wrong way on occasion, but he he competes and he produces. He cares, yeah. Yeah. So, you know, you're looking at some other pieces. You're looking at Besser, you're looking at Garland, you're looking at other ads like that. They need a number three center. They need a big, strong defenseman preferably a penalty killer. Uh, that blue line in Vancouver needs a fair bit of attention. So I I think that uh, the teams that are most likely going to be active, Winnipeg, Vancouver, Montreal, and we've already talked about, you know, what Toronto and Edmonton might do. And, you know, you're waiting for a general manager hire in, in uh, Calgary. It sounds like they're, they're, they're getting closer. They continue to do interviews with outsiders. Um, and then you got to hire a coach. So every Canadian team more or less has a compelling story, if not more than a few. Yeah. Well said, Rip. You want to add on that? Uh, well, I was just going to say, you guys are going to have fun uh, looking over this over the summer. I mean, you guys are always going to have something to talk about. It's going to be nice for you guys. Not me, man. July 3rd. Boof. I'm, yeah. I'm heading to the cabin. Oh, Lake of, of the Prairies here, not going to find me with a search warrant. So <laughs> uh, I'll be pitting in and I'll be grinding and I'll be doing everything I need to do until early July. And then yeah. I'm out until September. Uh, Dregs, uh, playoffs right now. I'm trying to think of all the teams. I think there's Florida, Vegas, Dallas, Seattle, Carolina. Did I miss anyone else? That's it. Who do you uh, like yeah. coming through and who do you like to the top? Without, I mean, my first pick I'd say right now that like, we want. I'd say Rip and I would speak, I'd speak for Rip. Seattle, a lot of staff yeah. in the teams, Regina guys there, uh, but also Carolina. Like that, yeah, they're, they're a good hockey team. Well, I'm with <laughs> you in the East. I I, I look at Carolina um, and the adversity that team has overcome with all of the injuries that they uh, suffered through up front, and yet, of course, it's taken its toll, but it hasn't affected them adversely. Obviously, they're in the Eastern Conference Final and so well coached. I mean. Brenda Moore has those guys borderline robotic, but in a good way. You know, he throws out his fourth line. They play as hard as the first line. Not as talented. I get that. But you know what I'm saying in terms of the attack is always the same. And the forecheck always seems to be the same. I like Carolina's D. Uh, there are some who wonder about it. I'm not in that camp. I think that they're really, really good. And if their goaltending stands up, then I think that it's, it's fair to say Carolina is the favorite team to go to the Stanley Cup final. Uh, but... There is something special that's developed with uh, Paul Maurice and the Florida Panthers. So I'm not writing them off. I think it's going to be a long series. But as I said, I, I do think that Carolina ultimately has the edge there. Seattle, Dallas, as they prepare for game seven, 
Seattle is such a great story, right? And and Ronnie Francis was meticulous in how he built his original original yeah. roster. Now you draft a player like Matty Beniers, who's going to win the Rookie of the Year. I mean, this kid is just a star and trending towards being a superstar in time in in the National Hockey League. So you've got your young elements who are productive, and then you've got some pieces that just needed fresh opportunity. You know, I'm looking at Vinny Dunn. Doug Armstrong, the St. Louis Blues, have got to be watching Vinny Dunn play and go, geez. But look, it's right. it's about opportunity, right? I mean, Vince Dunn couldn't work his way up higher into the pairings in St. Louis because of what they already had there. So it was almost like he was a spare part, and then they were having a contract battle here and another contract battle there. Vince Dunn gets an opportunity in uh, in Seattle, and he is just lights out I mean, good. Yeah. You know, Jared McCann, I mean, the numbers in the regular season were silly. You know, Jordan Eberle, um, you know, there are Islanders fans who are pissed because of what, what he's doing. And go down the list. I mean, the ads that Ron Francis brought in in the offseason, and the coaching of Dave Haxtell. But, you know, long-winded way of bolstering and pumping the tires of the Seattle Kraken – but I picked the Dallas Stars as being a team that was going to go deep uh, at the start of the year. I didn't have them getting in the Stanley Cup final. Stupidly, I picked Toronto to play Edmonton in the Stanley Cup final. I just played the passport game there. Um, <laughs> and that hasn't panned out. But I have a lot of time for the Dallas Stars. If Jake Ottinger gets hot, then Seattle Kraken are, are in for a tough game seven. So there you go. Who are we missing? Now we got to look at Vegas real quick too, right? Um, because Vegas is 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 looking at uh, this game tonight and probably glad to have a, a, a bit of a break. Right. If they continue to get the goaltending, you know, as Ray Ferraro talked about on, on the Rain Dregs podcast earlier today, that defensive core is made up of a stand of trees. They really are big dudes who cover a ton of ice and can clear out the zone very, very quickly. And the depth, as we established earlier in the conversation, you know, against the Oilers, well, that comes through as well. I mean, now that John Marcheseau has got the natural hat trick under his belt, how fired up do you think that guy is going to be oh. going into the Western Conference final? So um, it for me, I, I think Vegas is going back to the Stanley Cup final. I do. And I think you'll see now Carolina-Vegas Stanley Cup final, but... I've been wrong through pretty much every step of the process to this point. You're listening to Off the Hosel podcast presented by Rolo Golf. Listen up and listen good. Over at Rolo Golf right now, their clothes are unbelievable. Great golf shirts, quarter zips, hats, towels, you name it. Hosel 25, promo code Hosel 25 for 25% off on all orders. That's Hosel 25 for 25% off on all orders at checkout. Go today, check out Rolo Golf. Dredge, my, maybe my lack of, uh, I don't know, experience of watching the the Vegas Knights. They go out and get John Quick. Is he just not playing? Is this Hills guy's better and Brassois was obviously better? Or is he just riding the waiver now? Like, like, do you think that we see him at any point the rest of the way? Or is he hurt? Or No, I, I think the only way you see him is, is if there's an injury, another injury, right? Like Larry Brassois doesn't look like he's coming back anytime soon. I mean, that was literally a self-injury pull, right? Like, yeah. honestly, that's one of those where 
you guys as players know you, you can feel something go or pop or tear or whatever. Yeah. You don't need the doctor <laughs> to say, no, you're done. He's gone. Uh, Aiden Hill has turned into a terrific story. So I think that they're going to ride that wave. A lot of miles on Jonathan Quick. A lot of miles. Not to say he's not capable of stealing a game or two. And then, of course, you've got to lean on the experience and, and Con Smythe winning experience that he had with the Los Angeles Kings and wonder if they get to the Stanley Cup final, if that's a card that Bruce Cassidy is willing to lay down. I think anything is possible. But the way that Aiden Hill played to clinch the series for the Vegas Golden Knights, I mean, it's his net until further notice. Rip, uh, you have a you have a team you want to go with? We'll mark it down right now with Dregs. Who's oh, for who's go- I I would pick, and I'm I'm not even sure. Did I mean I just spent the last weekend with Seth Jarvis's older brother, and man, I'm rooting. Yeah. For them. So, um, rooting for them, and then and I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go Vegas. I mean, they're yeah. awesome. they good goaltending right now. I got a funny story about Aiden Hill this weekend. So I was with TSC, the Sports Corporation, which is Aiden Hill's agency. Yeah, so I'm sitting there with all these employees this weekend, and they're they're from Edmonton, so it's all these Edmonton guys, and we're sitting there having dinner, and Hill just made an unreal save late in the game, and all the guys are like, "Fuck!" Like, and then the one guy's like, "Yeah," and we're like, "What?" We're like, "Why are you cheering for them?" They're like, that guy's buying our dinner right now. I'm rooting for that kid. <laughs> <laughs> Not wrong. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I'm gonna go Carolina, Vegas in the final. I like it. I'm gonna take Carolina. I like the way they play. They're good. They're deep. They're I love the way they play. So yeah, Carolina. Obviously, want to see a Canadian team, but we'll have to wait till next year. Hopefully, uh, Dregs, we have a little bit of time here. I, I wanted to ask this question. Uh, <clears throat> Connor Bedard. I'm I'm sure you've heard of him. You've yeah, yeah, him. yeah. Uh, with your expertise, does he have an effect tomorrow morning? He's on a team. Can he help an NHL team today? Yeah, I mean, it looks like he can, right? You know, I mentioned Matty Beneers, you know, earlier. Young, talented players um, have never had more opportunity to provide an impact, right? I right. mean, you're not going to bring a player like that, a top pick, or in this case, I, I hate the word generational in attaching that even to a phenomenal talent like Connor Bedard. Yeah. Because you know, does that mean he's Connor McDavid's equal? Of course he's not. And McDavid is the generational player right now. That's what he is. He's the best on the planet. Um, but we've seen enough on the world stage, um, certainly in the Western Hockey League, Connor Bedard to know that he's ready. He's ready for pro hockey and he's ready to step into the National Hockey League. And Chicago is going to insulate him with good players. I mean, you have to do that to develop but art into a star player in the NHL. So it's going to take a bit of time. Clearly it's not going to be a cakewalk for him. Uh, the game is that much faster, certainly more physical, you know, the decision-making process for an elite talent like Connor Bedard in the Western league, you know, not least lapping guys, every single shift, but how many times did, did we see him just scoot through umpteen players and then score in brilliant fashion? He's probably not going to be able to do that anytime soon in the National Hockey League, but he'll he'll be an influential player. I'm looking forward to seeing him, and now the work starts for the Chicago Blackhawks. As I say, Kyle Davidson is going to have to go out this summer and make sure that Connor Bedard has enough talent to work with. Well, this draft should be pretty exciting. Turner's been touching a few names here, but 
you know, uh, Braden Yeager, Riley Height, uh, yeah. you know, Lynn, the, all these guys. That, that this draft's going to be very cool, and any team that gets some of these players are going to be very happy, I feel. And ter- sorry, uh, Turner. Yeah. Yeah, I think you're right. I mean, look at Fantilli playing at the men's worlds yeah. too, right? Right. Like, uh, so, you know, it, it's kind of the same every year. What's different about this year is the obvious, and that's the top-end talent here. Um, but I don't know that there were too many teams aside from – yeah, it's pretty obvious if you didn't win the Bedard sweepstakes, you're disappointed. But as soon as you get over that disappointment, because only one team can win, you look at the rest of that first round and go, you know what, it's pretty deep. It's oh, a pretty yeah. deep draft. So, and and then the fun starts too. If you're the Montreal Canadiens and you're sitting in the five spot, you know, do you want to try and move up because there's a player that you believe is going top three that you just absolutely have to have? Uh, or... Do you like the player they might get at 10 and you're going to collect an asset to slide down five spots? I mean, that for me is where it gets interesting around the draft is the horse trading that goes around those picks. And I think it's real more so this year than any other year because of the depth of that first round. Yeah. Sorry, Rip. No, absolutely. I was just going to say, like, I obviously Bedard is Bedard. And I think he, there's all this hype around him, but I think he, his talent is overshadowing the rest of, of how deep the draft actually is. Greg, I was going to ask, what is there one player that you think his game is going to translate to the NHL right away and be successful at? Oh, that's a good question. And I don't really have one aside from uh, the the obvious. I I don't I don't pay a ton of attention to what goes on in junior hockey aside from the world juniors. And in fact, I am going to Kamloops this year for the Memorial nice. Cup. So I'm now paying closer attention. To, to what's going on uh, around the the Canadian Hockey League. Um, I guess if I think back to the World Juniors, I I wanted Adam Fantilli to close the gap more than he did on Bedard. And there was a sense that, that he was way. able. What's that? He kind of went this way a little bit. A little that. bit, yeah. a little bit, a little bit. And that's why I mentioned him, you know, playing now for Canada on the men's world stage because – I, I'm I'm fascinated to see how he he does against men, right? Because right. that will give you a better handle, a better read in answering your question, Rip, as to how ready he's going to be to to step into the National Hockey League. So I think that because I have more access to Fantilli, I'm more curious to see how that's going to tre- uh, translate. And and this little boost for him might be all he needs to to kind of flip the switch and and come better prepared and more ready. I love it. Uh, Dreg's last question here, maybe two more left here. Uh, how's the golf game? Uh, not very good. I, 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 so I've only played three times. Uh, first two times. What's that? And where's your home track? Sorry. Uh, Royal Ashburn in, uh, it's just North of my hometown of, uh, Brooklyn, Ontario. Okay. Um, so I got to think about this. My first round, like I, I haven't been to a range. I literally, I'm one of those guys shows up on the first tee, takes a practice swing. Let's get going. I don't, I'm not a very good putter. I'm very streaky with my short game. So first round, I think I was 87, which I thought was okay. Uh, next round, I think I was 84 little bit better. I'm like, geez, you know what? I'm trending here. This is going to be good. Like, I'm going to have a good season. You know, the putts were rolling for me. The driver's going. My wedges, all this stuff. And I'm lucky. I mean, I three-jacked a couple of holes and maybe double bogeyed here, there. And, you know, that stuff adds up. Played my third round a week ago. And 
I just about quit golf. Like my season was going to end real <laughs> quickly. As first round, I think I was 50. Like I was or nine holes, I like front nine. I'm like, but I was just awful. Everything about it was terrible. So I'm supposed to play tomorrow afternoon. So we'll see. I might have to come back on the podcast and update you guys at a later <laughs> date. Perfect. Hey, do you guys ever do uh let, let a TSN golf group? Like you guys like you and James, those guys don't play together? Like a little tournament? Yeah. No, we do, but those guys are too serious. And I, you know, back in the day, um, when I when I worked in Western Canada, I golfed a lot. In fact, my first radio job at uh, CKLQ and not second radio job uh, in Brandon, Manitoba, the news director there was an avid golfer. So he and I would I did morning radio, morning sports. We'd be on the golf course every morning by nine fifteen. So I'd play like hundred and twenty rounds a year. It was nuts, and I was you know, five handicap at that point. Uh, so I, I, I could actually scrape it around, but it was more making your bad habits work. And now I don't play nearly as much. So playing with Duthie, playing with the O-Dog, I mean, you know, O-Dog is a, basically a scratch golfer, right? right? And he's super serious and he doesn't like playing with guys like me because he just doesn't like watching somebody hit it left and right and all over the map. Uh, Duffy is a little bit painful cause he's so methodical. Like if, if he gets a swing thought in his head, I mean, it doesn't matter. He used to do this thing. He was, he was working on, I guess his follow through off the tee, every tee shot, he'd hit the ball and then take two steps forward because uh-huh. it was encouraging him to follow through and transfer his weight and swing through the ball. Yeah. Drove me bananas. I was like, this, <laughs> this is nonsense. Like do that on the range. You're not doing it out here. So Hooli is probably the most fun for me to play with. Cause he doesn't really care. He just plays, just so, play. but he's a good golfer too. These guys are all super serious though. I like it. Rip anything last year for uh drags. Oh, I'm good. This has been awesome. <laughs> Alrighty. Episode 136 with Darren Drager brought to you by Rolo golf. Uh, drags. Thanks for coming back on the pod, man. We appreciate it. Hope we can do it again. Yeah, you bet, boys. Enjoy the rest of the playoffs. Thanks. You too. This interview is brought to you by Last Mountain Distillery. The coolers of the summer are here. Local vodkas, mango seltzer, raspberry mojito, and grapefruit gin fizz are now available. If you were at Country Thunder last year, you will be familiar with these tasty drinks. These light and low-calorie drinks made by Last Mountain Distillery are fruity, refreshing, and delicious. To make things even better, Local Vodka and Last Mountain Distillery donate 10% of proceeds through the local supports local campaign to a different local charity every month. When you drink local vodka, not only are you supporting a local company, you're supporting a local charity in your community. Get out and get yourself some local coolers today. All right, episode 136 completed with Darren Drager. Uh, right couldn't have a better guest on for during the playoffs. He talked about the Oilers, what they have to do. Um, you know, the Leafs talked about Winnipeg, Montreal a little bit, Ottawa, Vancouver. We talked Connor Bedard. We talked about his golf game at the very end. Uh, yeah. I mean, I, I thought it was a great interview. Turner, I obviously were on for that one. Rip, uh, thoughts on, on, on the interview itself. He, uh, he's so knowledgeable about hockey. It's crazy. I mean, it is his job and stuff like that, but like he was like mentioning stuff from like game six, the Oilers in Vegas. And I was like, fuck, that did happen. Like, I don't even like remember about it. Yeah. Yeah. No, he, 
we asked a question and, you know, let, let's talk about the Leafs or Oilers. And he just went on, you know, a great, great in-depth tangent of, you know, what they should do or what they shouldn't do and their team and yada, yada, yada. So always a great guest to have him on. Appreciate the short time, obviously, and coming on because he's on the, he's on TSN as we speak right now. Um, but yeah, he's, he's just a great guy and he'll, he'll come on again. Asked me before, what, July 3rd, he said? Yeah. Yeah. Anything after July 3rd, don't talk to him. And he's in a... We're getting some roller gear for him. He's going to wear that stuff. And, uh, yeah, welcome, Dregs. Troy, uh, anything you want to add in the in the post-show here? Uh, obviously, the post-show is brought to you by Last Mount Distillery. Um, you know, we're good friends over in Lums of Saskatchewan. Check out the distillery. Great product right now. Um, yeah. Thoughts? Uh, again, sorry I was late for the pod. I couldn't get on with Darren. But happy to see your faces here for the pre- and post-show. Um, no, not too much. Enjoy the nice weather outside. Get out and do some golfing. Grip it and rip it. And awesome. get, the, get them scores lower. Absolutely. So we're going to flip a script uh, for next guest. It's going to be actually a Sportsnet uh, uh, guy. So going from TSN to uh, Sportsnet following week, episode 137. Tori's joining late here in the pod. Um He's just connected to audio. Tori, uh, any last-minute thoughts here before we uh, shut her off for the week? No, I don't think so, boys. Snuck into the grocery store here real quick before I pick up the old goose. All righty. I'm, uh, I'm fired up for Troy to grind. Time to grind, Troy. Time to grind, Troy. Tori, are you coming to the Sask at all this summer? I'm hoping <laughs> to in July. Okay open to so we'll see what i can do deadly uh okay anything else to add here fellas hey yeah just for the record i'm in the condiment aisle home of the easy squeeze bottles <laughs> mayonnaise truck yeah what um... a joke <laughs> oh there it's terrible too but it, at least mayo in those squeeze bottles it doesn't explode out like ketchup I mean, ketchup's just an absolute like crime scene. That's also a grind my gear too. Like when you, like, yeah, I was gonna say we can run a full episode of just Tori's grind my gears. I'm just an angry prick. That's all. When, when you push the ketchup bottle, squeeze the bottle, and just water comes out. That's awesome. It was one of that with my hot oh, dogs. Gotta give it a shake, boys. Hey, did, yeah. Did you never? Did you never get taught as a kid to shake it first? You're good. Yeah, I'm sure I did, but it still happens once in a while. No, it doesn't. Not That's laziness. That's laziness right there, Coach. Sorry, boys. Are you with me on this, Turner? Yeah, I am. It doesn't happen Thank every you. day. I'm just saying it has happened. Anyways, uh, Turner, you're going golfing today? Yeah. Nice. We'll hit him. It's an unbelievable day outside, so enjoy it. Uh, Troy, you golfing today? No, I'm going to be assembling a barbecue I just bought. Are you playing golf tomorrow? Oh. Not. I have more contractors. Some prayers for Troy. Yeah, those things are a pain in the ass. <laughs> well, I wasn't paying. Or at least mine was. For them to it for me. So Did you give me gas or propane, Troy? Propane. Okay. Yeah. All right. I like it. Okay. Right. I, oh, one last thing. I, I played my first round of the year, boys. Oh, first how round was it? Since PA last year, I kept it sub eighty, little little seventy seven. Nice. Yeah. You know, right. it was good. Had had. More more birdies than I did in the entire tournament last summer. Wait so till you. Cool. Uh, but I also had new, more doubles. 
wait till you get your new Rolo gear. You'll be rolling down the down the fairway in your new gear. So, dude, it's funny you say that because I, when I was trying to pick out what to wear, I was like, God, I wish I had that that gear. Oh, it'll, it'll be, be so nice. Soon. Just Don't worry. looking sharp. It'll be there soon. Because that stuff gear. looks dynamite. Uh, okay. Right. Episode one thirty six. Darren Drager. We hope you enjoyed it. Uh, we'll talk to y'all next week. Uh, Rip, Troy, Tori, Drew, my, we're all signing off. Peace. See ya. Thanks for listening to Off the Haza podcast. We hope you enjoyed it. Reminder, all our podcasts are on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and YouTube. Be sure to check out all our channels. Like, share, and subscribe. Thank you for listening. <laughs>